hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to Phenomenal Disabilities with Tree Low. And we're here today on our show. We're going to be having a special guest, uh, Diane Elizabeth Jordan. We'll be talking about her life and journey and career uh, in the industry. And also, too, as well, with navigating her disabilities and family and, and so much more. And everyone, uh, welcome aboard, Diana Elizabeth Jordan. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Tim. So I'm really happy to be here in this connect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Diana, um, why don't you tell the world, uh, you know, a, a little bit about yourself, like your career, and kind of give them a little warm introduction about you, you know. And <laughs> Um, you know, I always like to joke that I was meant to be an actor because I entered the world in a highly traumatic fashion. Um, I didn't breathe on my own for 45 minutes. So the doctors worked on me for 45 minutes before I started breathing on my, my own. So the result of that was at the age of two, I was diagnosed with cerebral palsy, which mildly affects my speaking gait. Um, so, but I guess I am that kid that always knew she wanted to act. I never wanted to do anything else. I loved acting. I remember as a kid, I grew up in Oak Park, Illinois, and um, which is a suburb just west of Chicago. And they had a summer theater company called Shakespeare in the Park. And I, I still remember going to see Romeo and Juliet and seeing Shakespeare and going to movies as a kid and just knowing, you know, didn't miss this the test and I know I'm dating myself. But I did always have known that was what I wanted to do. I had, I had an aunt with an actress who unfortunately um, passed away a year before I was born. But I used to hear stories about my Aunt Rhoda and I just, I knew that's what I wanted to do. I've always known. Wow, 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 wow. You know, it's interesting. I I, I, I look at you and it, you always wanted to act. I always wanted to be behind the camera. Yeah. <laughs> It's quite interesting how we have we uh, 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 even though we're in the same field, um, but you know on opposite ends of the you know. <laughs> well, I, I like to watch and do it. I like stepping behind the camera too. So I like I've done some directing, but I, I love doing both. Right, right, right. And and can you tell the world uh, about um, some of the the projects that you dabbled into and, and directing and producing? Yeah, I mean, I well, I mean, as an actor, I've probably done well over 70, 80, probably plays by now, theater. Um, I started off after I went to undergraduate school at the University, University of Kansas, came back to Chicago, worked as an actor. It was when Chicago theater was just booming, and I was just young, you know. At the time, I remember, I would do my day job and get on the L and go to rehearsals. Um, was right around the time non-traditional casting was kind of getting its leg up at, you know, 
attitude of diverse, you know, culturally diverse athletes were saying, hey, we want opportunities in this, what was traditionally white theater spaces. Um, And so not only creating their own, but wanting to do Shakespeare, wanting to wanting to break through. And then I, as a disabled black actress, was trying to say, you know, diversity includes us. So it was breaking down those barriers and and um so I was doing theater in Chicago. Then I decided in nineteen ninety-eight to go to graduate school. But the first actor with a disability to get accepted into Cal State Long Beach's Master of Fine Arts program. Got my Master of Fine Arts in Action in 2001. So I've been out here now in LA pursuing doing advocacy along with other wonderful um, disabled actors and you know, who are advocating to make sure that we have authentic representation plus disability representation so many times still even though things are getting better um characters with disabilities are played by non-disabled actors um and they're getting better but we still have a long way to go until we too have equity so disabled actors have true equity in this industry. We have a long way to go. We've come a long way. We have a long way to go. But yeah, I've done theater, I've done films. Uh, um, I did an episode of SWAT. I had to stare at Shamar Moore all day long. Oh, you're so lucky. I know, you know, some people have to sacrifice for their art. And if I have to look at a good looking man all day, you know. But seriously, what was really cool about that role of it was not written as disability specific, it was the old lady in the window. So the book that meant a lot to me because it wasn't disability specific and and I really made a conscious effort. One of my goals as an actor since I the beginning was just be cast in roles of my disability to know to the character of storyline. Right, 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 right. You know, it's funny. I, I was actually looking at your reel, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is great! Oh. Are you are you kidding me? Uh, wow!" And especially like all uh, your uh, uh, um, your your comedy uh, 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 reel, I, I loved it. You know. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. I just thought, wow, this woman is so talented. Look at, oh my God. <laughs> That's very kind of you. Thank you. I, I mean, what, I mean, I know you've always said that you've always wanted to act ever since you were a child. I mean, was there any time when you first got on stage that you had any stage fright or you said, no, I'm having fun with this? You know, it's both. I, I mean, I think I personally think stage fright is good because it, I mean, well, let me define that. I get nervous. I want to do a good job. I think stage fright, when it, you know, completely speeds you up, is not good. You know, when you're so into, oh, I'm not good enough or whatever, I, I don't do that. But yeah, I mean, there are times when 
I just felt my heart, you know, really beating out my chest. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm really going to do this. And I think, you know, you will get into the character. And I think, to me, to have that little, little nervousness is good because it's, it's just like, I'm nervous because I want to do a good job. So I try and see that as a positive and to not let it stop me, but say, oh yeah, I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm going to do it anyway. Part of that comes from wanting to make a good contribution to the project and really wanting to lend what I have to create the piece of art. Because what I love about what I do is that they're collaborative. You know, no one does acting by themselves. Even a solo show is a collaborative. So, and I, I love collaborating with people. So, do I get days back yet? Has it ever stopped me from going out there? No, but yeah, I, you know, I I get it from time to time. I think that's something natural. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I just I was just curious because I know a lot. I mean, so many actors, actresses, you know, they, you know, I mean, they pretty much have said the same, state the same thing as you. Um, you know, they go through their their moments of anxiety, and then once they get into it, they're they're just locked into it. And some people, you know, who've done it, I don't know, um, you know, they they're able to, you know, um, let go of that 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 weirdness that pops in your gut and you're like okay there's that thing again <laughs> well, I, I, I always one thing in it I always have to make everything I'm feeling part of what the character is feeling now I do worry sometimes about my direction because I have a speech impediment so I want to be clear I want to be understood so I'm forever conscientious about that, but you know, I am the character, so again, I just try to incorporate all that that was about what the character is feeling at the moment, and maybe the character is nervous about something. But I try not, I try not, I'm in it for it not to be my thoughts, but the thoughts of the character in the, the moment of the scene or whatever I'm doing, right? Right, right, right. Now, you know, it, it, as a, you know, when you, a professional working in the industry, and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you, you've experienced a lot of uh, situations where, um, like I've had, where I have, you know, dealt with, you know, uh, maybe staff or people who are impatient because of our disabilities. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not sure if you experienced that or, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, experienced it a couple of times, but, you know, I think generally speaking, um, most people have always been, you know, very patient and understanding. You know, I was wondering if you ever had any experience at all with that. You know, I would say for the most part, I've had genuinely good experiences um, for the most part. <laughs> I'm not one that, you know, that you call people out. I, I do remember in Chicago, um, where I worked before I moved out here, going to see an agent who was a big name agent in Chicago. Because Chicago lived pretty much with the film industry there. They do a lot of commercial industrials. 
they had talent agents in um, Chicago and going to meet somebody who was at the time one of the bigger agents in Chicago. And um, she literally looked at me and said, you're black, you're a woman, and you have a disability, and I'm not a church worker. And I said, I'm not looking for a social worker. I'm looking for an agent. But, you know, I, I had another agent tell me, or all the pretty girls would get the roles. So, you know, and when I was younger, you know, that, that sometimes that feeling that you're not enough, that, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to be honest, I, I do have those feelings. But what I've learned over the years is, I, I think it's important for us to choose what stories we want to believe are true. Mm -hmm. So yes, maybe that particular agent didn't think I was pretty enough. I, I don't remember. Well, you're gorgeous. What are you talking about? <laughs> but, but, but what I'm saying is that is what I've learned over the years is somebody may think that about me, but I need to decide whether that person's story is going to be my story or if I'm going to say you may believe that but that might be your truth but it doesn't have to be my truth you know my truth can be hey I I feel beautiful my truth can be this is who I am this is how you know I'm a spiritual person this is how God made me so people who tell me my my career goals are on me let's speak or whatever for them, that might be their truth, but it doesn't have to be my truth. And that's what I think it's really important for us as artists, as disabled artists who are sometimes marginalized to say, are we going to let limited ableist truths be our truth when we know what we're capable of? Right, 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 right. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, um, how, you know, we, I mean, I know we've, we've, we have progressed so, so much uh, from what we were before, you know, from all the stereotypes, uh, uh, putting anyone who's, who's in any community in specific roles and typecasting or stereotyping them for that specific role right. and, or seeing, um, non-disabled actors or actors who are not in those specific communities uh, yeah. can portray uh, you know all those, com all those people in our own communities uh, you know in such a way where um, sometimes you know sometimes it's great I've seen on, on, on films and television and sometimes I've seen where I, went, I thought to myself you know what we don't really sound like that Right. We don't act like that. What the? <laughs> and, and I think it's really important, especially with when you're from marginalized communities, no matter what, whether it's a disability, your cultural identity, your sexual identity. Many sometimes stereotypes are written by people who are not a part of that community, and therefore they're writing from their limited perspective. Um, and you know and that can be frustrating so again i think it's really important 
and also disability is not a monolith. So, um, I think that's one of the things that I've often found with the frustration is like, oh, this is what autism is, this is, this is, this is the, the diversity that we have and the expansive multicultural diversity that we have within our community, which is huge. I mean, we are the what, what, one out of four, one out of five. That's a huge multicultural intersectional community that we are. So sometimes even when we do see ourselves accepted, it's still a very limited view of what we are. But again, things are changing. And I, I'm one of those people is, I'd love to see the lab half full and I had them here overflowing. So for me, you know, I would get, you know, I was just the girl who used to sit and rock. And I grew up in a park, but I also was in rock for them in the way so far. I used to sit on a swing and dream about moving to California and being an actor. That's what I used to dream about. This little girl from the Midwest with my little leg braces. Used to dream about that. And now here I am talking to you and, and I, I'm doing films. I, I'm, no, my famous or all that stuff and that. And would that be nice? Yeah, it would be. However, just because I'm not famous or whatever, or not on that TV series yet, does not mean I have not achieved my dream. I have. I dreamed that I would move out to California and act. And that's what I did. And I'm beyond grateful that I've had those opportunities. I want more. I want to be able to break down those barriers. And, you know, I'm at, you know, I'm also, I've been doing it a while. There's a younger population coming out that, that, that I think will probably have more opportunities than I did. And that's great and hard, you know, but, but, but you also, I think gratitude is so important for me to say, you know what, I did that. I, I said I would do that, and I have, and I'm doing that. Um, I also think I'm getting more of a little the auditions now, so maybe I run the younger end of that, but I'm like, hey, you never outgrow being an old lady, but also, you know. I've, if you have a good 20 years, a good 20 years of playing old ladies, but I look forward to which, which I'm more than happy to do. <laughs> I, I, I totally understand you. You know, you're like, you know what? Hey, I'm happy as long as I, I, I'm getting paid. I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I love. Not about just getting paid without doing what you love. Uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, and, 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 and people, you know, are, 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 they get to see your work, you know, and, and, and you, you get to enjoy being in front of the camera. You know, I, I, I mean, this, I mean, Shamar Moore, come on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, believe me, that was like one of the highlights of my career. I was like, I don't know, I'm really great about that is, Many times when you're a guest or a co-star on a set, not as a co-star, you're very respectful. You're not running around getting autographs. You're not, 
as you know, no matter what side of the camera you're on, can really chew you up. It can really do a number on you. And so I had to work really hard. And there's there's some days that are easier than others. And I've, I've, I've had a lot of auditions in the past. For me, since the pandemic, I've had more auditions than I've ever had before. I think because we're auditioning from home, we're, you know, now, and I would say, Almost all of them have not been specific. They have, you know, it's been, so it's been great. I haven't been working, but, but, but I also know that just to get called in, you know, a casting manager might get a thousand submissions and call in only a hundred. So just to get to call in, which means they want to see me. Um, so you, you have to learn that it's not personal. It's, you know, there's so many things that are not under my control and, and this industry. So what I've learned to do is I can control how I show up and what I bring to the table and the work I do to give them. Here's an example of what I can bring to that role. And then it's really out of my hands. Um, but it, it is hard, but that's when you, why you need to really believe in yourself and say, it's not personal. So I know I feel confident in the gifts and, and, and at some point there will be, there will be a match. You know, I, I got to do a showcase earlier for Warner Media Discovery they had over 7,000 applicants, and I was one of 20 that was selected. But, that, you know, that, that was huge for me. That, you know, because I know how hard that was, because I, I talked to the casting director. So I, I'm very educated about this industry and because I've taught myself and learned and I ask the questions, it's made it easier for me to get into tough times because I know it really has anything to do with Diana. There are so many other factors that are not under my control. Right, 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 right. You know, I, I, I want to segue onto uh, some questions here and kind of just delve into uh, your life more in depth. I, you know, I, I know a lot of us in our life, but we've dealt with a lot of experiences growing up where disabilities, um, you know, just how we navigate them, or how we have, we have navig- navigated in our lives, mm-hmm. from childhood and adulthood. And my, my question is to you is, what, you know, uh, challenges have you experienced growing up, you know, as you navigate with your disability from childhood to adulthood? You know, I, I think it varies. I, I think, again, I have a, a speech impediment, so sometimes it's been challenging to understand me. I feel mistaken for being intoxicated. I feel mistaken for having an intellectual disability. You know, I got kids growing up. Um, you know, I, I walked into places and just felt people just 
Big Bang and I'm Little Girl. I remember years ago I watched the new restaurant and they physically threw me out because I thought I was drunk and there was a court case, but I won. Um, you know, I don't drive, so I, I never, I've navigated on the bus my whole life. But since the pandemic, I've been more wise here because I've been a little bit nervous about getting on buses. Right, 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 right. Um, you know, and, uh, so we, yeah, you know, that was an interesting question because I, if that was a balance for me, there have been challenges, but there's, you know, I'm very blessed. You know, I, have a, I have a faith, my, my faith, I, I teach. I have a full-time job. Or that. Oh, wow. I didn't know. You, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I, didn't teach. Okay. I work for a physical performing studio. Wow. But it's great because it gives me the It allows me to stay in my career. I don't have to have a day job because I'm teaching acting. So to me, that, you know, I believe in having multiple streams of income. So I'm doing that. So. Again, I'm, I'm just one of those people that tends to focus on the glass being half full of overflowing, not because I don't acknowledge that problem that just not, because I don't acknowledge ableism, because I do, and it's very painful at times. It's very painful to think that people judge me just because of the way I talk or, or because of the color of my skin or whatever. I know that it exists. But my goal is to always transform that through my work as an artist to speak authentically and openly and to. I sometimes call myself a disability and I see I influence them and I actually to use that because you know, I think I myself am going to totally eradicate ableism altogether. No, that's not my but can I as an artist, can I as a facilitator say, have you thought about that? Because when it comes to ableism it is so ingrained in them that we don't even think about it. And we don't think how it impacts us as people who have disabilities. How we've been, the same way we've been impacted by institutional racism as African American women that has impacted us. How we wear hair, all the things that come from this kind of yeah, it's just like segregation as well. Yeah. You know, you say we have segregation within our own community. Segregation. Exactly. You see in every community, there's a segregation within the segregation in the community. Right. You're like, oh, wait a minute. Right. So, so uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a culture, as a race, African-Americans who have been segregated, then within our own community, we have, you know, we experience segregation within Among each other, yeah. yeah. Either because of the, the state, you know, our, our skin, or if you're if you're a female and there's a male, then they're they're segregating yeah. against you uh, because they're uh, casting uh, you, yeah. Hair, all the messages that we get within our own community, and then on top of that, we get the disability, or even within the disability community. The same 
structures of racism as this if you look at, you know, who do we notice who are the leaders of the decisions on the rest movement? They're all white. And I'm not, you know, those are that we think of, you know, duty human. I'm nothing against duty human. She is my hero. I love, I, I, I met her once. I'm in awe of her duty human as. Yeah, you know, and um, you know, no, is that right? Yeah, um, the leaders of the disability um rights movement. And that's not. I'm sorry, I'm I'm, I'm blanking out. As many okay, that's okay, that's okay. But I mean, they're Caucasian, and and again, and that. I'm not saying that bad. I'm just saying that even within disability, um, we still experience marginalization within marginalized communities. We still experience um, marginalization, uh, and so that can be really frustrating. So the actor. Yeah, most of the images you see disability are white. Right, 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 right. So it, it feels no matter what, I'm finding those stigmas. But again, I'm willing to do that because I'm so passionate about what I do. And um, I remember when I was young, when I just said my career, people would say, we're not ready yet. Well, what? If you don't do anything, you're never gonna be ready. Right. So I don't jump then because we're not ready yet. Is you know, well then we'll never be ready. You know, well any any civilized movement didn't come about because you said, okay, we're ready now. Women go vote. We're all ready now. Okay, man, we're all ready now. Like, do this. So that, it wasn't going to be ready. We're ready. It was like, you're going to be ready. Here we come. Oh, I haven't seen without ready. Well, we're being within the cage right now. <laughs> Oh, fire! No, we're not ready for that yet, you know? That, that's how we go progress because it's like, you're gonna be ready. We're not gonna wait for you to be ready, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's, it's weird. Oh my oh, god! And Rob, that's you got me laughing. Thank you. I, 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 love, I, I love this. Yeah, Ed Roberts got thinking of Ed Roberts. Um, Harris is the actor. Like I knew that, was, but Ed Roberts is the human. Oh, I've been seeing that. Seeing that the father and mother of the disability rights movement. But there are African Americans. Who were part of that? Who, again, my point was, you know, we get marginalization within communities where we are marginalized. Right, it's right, right. right, right. <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I really wish, uh, and I hope that you know, this whole segregation and, and, and just you know, I. Uh, it's just we need to start to come together as a whole community as a whole because um 
it doesn't matter what color you are as a matter if you're male or female and if you're within your own community uh i would say for example like me and you from the uh, african-american community it doesn't matter if we're from the african-american community itself my point is if you're also a an african-american man who has a disability and you are degrading you know the woman that's supposed to be part of the we call sisterhood and everything then that's a problem and and you can't contradict what you're what you're uh, putting out in the world for people to uh, believe your hype and you're cut you're sadly behind closed doors you know um squashing that person and making them feel like you know and it's the same like with any other communities as well um it doesn't matter what color you are or what what you know what community you're from and it doesn't matter like i mean like i said uh as well as any community it's you know it's like this and i think everyone needs to learn to come together and make a lot of improvements because it has become a problem within society that they have not allowed themselves to change right well again and i think and you're gonna give it a little different. You know, it doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter, but I think it does for some people, and that's why the change doesn't happen. I think sometimes I'm very respectful, very respectful about yourself, but I think the reason it matters is sometimes it shouldn't matter. But I think the reason it does because of fear, because if you're People are, uh, some, some people, they, 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 I remember hearing a conversation about diversity and someone saying, well, you know, it was a white male who said, um, well, with all the diversity, then I'm out of work. And I'm like, no, it's not that you're out of work. It just be, it gives everyone more of an opportunity. But I think we're so, Sometimes we get so afraid to face our fears and really confront and really have, we need to have uncomfortable conversations. And I think if people aren't willing to have those uncomfortable, you're right, it doesn't matter, it should, but for some people it does, and that's, that's, that's what we need to continue to push for those people that it does matter to do, and those people that Like, how do you change them? You know, I often like about preaching to the choir. You know, I don't always like to preach to the choir. I like to go into the people who aren't part of the choir and say, here's the thing, think about this. Because you and I, we, we're on the same page. We don't look at it in This is a great conversation. It's the people that, how do we get people who are not on that same page? And that is always a challenge. Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. Wow. 
And I don't know what the answer is. I just know the artist I'm going to continue to do what I can to raise awareness. I totally agree with you. It's just, uh, yes, you know, it's, it's amazed me, you know, how we, um, it's a process, you know, it's just a process. It is, and I have to think there needs to be self care in that process because it is hard. I mean, these, these are difficult conversations. Yeah. But you can't separate your emotions. From the conversation because what we've lived, it, it can be hard, it can be incredibly painful to be told you're not okay for being what you feel okay with. I'm, I'm a woman with a cerebral palsy. I'm totally okay with that. I'm not always given that message from other people that I'm okay, and that's hard. You know, I, I wanted to um, ask some questions in regard to like your family. Okay. I mean, from I mean, I, I, I mean, the pictures I've seen from your family, you, your family's very, they've always been supportive. You know, from my yeah, family. I'm very blessed. I really get You know, and it's, and I look at some families that um, how do you say it? They had a tough time navigating with their their uh, siblings or their child's. Uh, disability or it's just you know um some some families have been able to navigate fluidly you know and i'm just wondering how your family you know when you were small how did they learn you know to to, to make those adjustments yeah i that's probably a good thing to ask my mom but i think my mom my mom was a teacher and i think she studied a little bit of specialized and learning disabilities before I was born that were kind of her specialty. I, um, I was mainstreamed. I think my mom was always determined and my parents were determined to give me the best life possible. And um, I know I started to go before for book club one and before was you know, they're all educating um, for kids with disabilities. I think it was back in 72, I'm dating myself with a hysteric kindergarten. Well, I'm, I'm about to have a second next year. So I'm almost 60. I don't want to be ashamed of that. So there I am. Here I am. I, 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 I celebrate maturity too. So um, I, um, you know, I, my mom had to fight to get me mainstream. You know, I've been mainstream my whole life. Yeah. So I was lucky to have a mom that really advocated for me until I could learn how to advocate for myself. So, yeah. That's so cool, man. That's why I just, uh, I like hearing, you know, uh, families are really uh, very supportive yeah. and taking extra steps of find problem solving uh solutions you know like you said with your mom she she you know she already knew exactly what she was in for even before you know she has you and stuff because she trained you know she taught herself a lot of you know even training and whatnot mm-hmm. uh, you know and not like i said not a lot of parents are prepared and i think we're 
it's not about the disability itself. I mean, it is, in, in, but it, it, in, a, in a way, it's about the parents uh, not being slow to anger and not being slow. To, and, 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 and a lot of times, they're 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 not patient. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to, you know, go. Okay, let me stop. Be completely present in this moment for this child. Yeah. So I can hear what they're trying to articulate, right. and you know, and work with them, and then help them grow, yeah. help them be the best authentic self who they yeah. are. Right, and I just think that's just like the job of a parent. You know, my my, I have two nephews, so I I watch my sister and my brother-in-law and navigate. You know, hearing and you know the aunt, you know. That's important for me. My nephews don't have disabilities, but it's really important for me to be present, to be a part of their lives, to be part of their village. And I think the give back to any child is important, but I think, again, there's not a cookie cutter so kids with disabilities need it. You know, we all have our individual Slow down. 
let me see what's you know let me listen you know clearly you know they listen to her and listen to him um and it's it's funny it's not just like uh you know with you and I or I have friends who are from uh Israel who have very or other uh countries have very thick accents right so I had to retrain my ear to pick up uh the pronunciation what they're actually you know oh okay got it you know Uh, and we're especially now we are very non-listening society yes we're like we're like this and so we're very quick now so we we really don't take time just to be present with people anymore and just you know and and the best skill you can have is the actor to listen and be present mm-hmm. and take that moment. What is my what am I hearing from this person and then what I'm reacting to? So I think our listening skills in this day and age, you know, we're used to sound bites, right? You know, oh, oh God, it's been a minute, I gotta go. Billy really listening so I just think that's so important right 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 uh, yeah when they ask you um you know I, I noticed like a lot of times like I've, I've dealt with experiences in my life where um negative uh elements that some way somehow it it, it it sparks a fire up my butt, <laughs> um, you know. And I found myself, you know, even with that negative situation, I turned it into a positive. Did you ever find, even at times, even now, or even throughout your um, your whole entire life, as I want to say, is how have you navigated or, or have you experienced with that, uh, you know, with um, dealing with that aspect. Yeah, well, like I said before, I definitely work at seeing the glass half full, not half Um or even overflowing. <laughs> I like to say my glass is neither half full or half empty, so abundantly overflowing. Right, right. Um, I think I deal with the negative by feeling and experiencing and acknowledging that it can fall. But, it, but did it help build your character? Yeah, I mean, but, but whatever you can say, but the negative, neg- I mean, that's part of being a human being, go to the good, to go for the bad. It's, about a, it's not that you deal with bad news, it has the impact you. So yes, does it impact me? Yes. Does it stop me from moving forward? No. Right? So that's the difference. You may tell me, you know, I've been told that I shouldn't be an actor. I, I had a, a professor in college threatening to fail me in a dialect class. So I dropped the class because they said they were going to flunk me in the class. But years later, I wanted to do an accent. I just do an accent. 
and I did not let that man impact me. I can if I want to play characters who have accents. <laughs> you know, is I I I I the negative impacts me and it does me and it hurts me sometimes, but it doesn't stop me. Because if it did, I'm going to be talking to you. So, and again, I am so blessed. I am, my literally glass is overflowing with abundance. I don't see my glass as empty or half full. I truly see it as abundantly overflowing. I've made my dreams come true. A little girl Diana from, you know, with her little leg braces years ago, without her living her dreams, I have amazing friends. I have two nephews who are the heart and soul of my life who I love so much. And sure, are the things I want? Yes. Would I like to book a series? Of course I would. And I believe I will someday. Would I love to meet that great guy someday? Yeah. But to, to focus on what I don't have and to put myself down what I don't have in this moment keeps me from appreciating what I do have. And what I do have in this moment is incredible. And I'm really, really blessed. You know, I want to ask you, um... Who was one of your influences uh, that that pushed you to your dreams? Oh my gosh, there's been so many people. Um, all my high school theater teachers believed in me. Um, uh, you know, I've had friends who, you know, my friend Blair from college is like one of my best friends. Um, you know, you can do that. And another friend I hadn't had to go out and remember them probably. I'm still friends with today. You know, I have friends who from high school would be like, go oh, do it, Diana, you can do it. So I, I think there's been, been supporting me. I, my, my acting coach right now, Paul, very supportive and encouraging. So I've had a lot. I mean, I could probably do a whole show on the, I mean, yeah, and that's when I talk, when you ask about the negative and the positive, have there been the negative people? Of course, but the negative, the positive people far outweigh the, the you know, the negative. So, I mean, I could probably spend hours talking about uh, and I, different people in family for different ways. Some I know, some I don't. I mean, the list of actors who are so Amy is, you know, how much time do you have? <laughs> like, oh, right, 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 right. Uh, and sometimes it's just the moment of work when I'm watching their work as an audience member and I'm so carried away. and. I still remember seeing Cicely Tyson for the first time and Sounder and wow, my Aunt Mona, even though I never met her, she inspired me because I knew what she had to go through as a woman of color trying to start her career in the late 50s and early 60s. I know what that must have been like for her. Now, 
my grandparents. Um, I come lazy of at some point my ancestors are owned by other people. That's a legacy. My my parents, you know, my family has come to segregation and and, and discrimination and resiliency. So that's the legacy. Those are the shoulders that I stand on. You know, my my mom mom had to ride in the back of an open car to go to college. So that's how bad she went. She couldn't stay in the dorm. When I went to college, we hopped in the station wagon and I stayed in the dorm. So I'm well aware of the legacies that I stand on and that inspired me and empowered me. You know, it's, 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 it's always nice to have those sort of influences in your life. And, and speaking of influence, you're an influencer yourself. Am I correct? Yeah, I, I'm becoming more comfortable with that title. I, 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 but in a way, you know, because obviously it was a thing we were using 20 years ago, but I hope it means for me as an influencer that I'm having the impact on people with my words. And I'm adding positive impact on people that especially the next generation of young women of color with disabilities who want to pursue their career in this industry. If I am able to influence and have impact, um, that's a really wonderful thing. You know, it kind of that humbling thing. I think you need to be a bit confident in what you have to offer. But there's still that part of me that goes, oh, you know, <laughs> me? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, when someone comes up and gives me a compliment about my work, I still look around and go, oh, who are you talking to? Oh, me? Oh, thank you. <laughs> Wednesday 
and they post a new one every Wednesday. Is there um, a specific time that they can listen to it? Um, I usually there. I usually don't have it posted by ten o'clock. It's like all the morning cup of joy. So um, sometimes computers and time. But yeah, I usually try and get it posted by about nine ten o'clock. Um, specific time. Right, 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 right. It was morning here. It may not be morning everywhere, but you know, <laughs> not in the morning Eastern time, I'd be very tired. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I was to ask you in regards to um, your reflections from current life and, and even looking back at childhood, you know, um, what can you share to the world um, of your reflections of the world to follow? My reflections. Um, I would say there's a huge leap. I think, um, you know, when it comes to pursuing your dream, the best thing you can do is to give yourself permission to pursue your dream, right? Because we can't really ask other people for that permission. So you really need to give yourself permission to go to the dream permission, to go to the hard times. It really is giving yourself permission um, to be patient, to be passionate, and to be persistent. That's, that's what I, that's how I run. I know navigating my life. Um, so that's so that so the, that's what I offer. I let the offer things for consideration. I don't let it this is what you do, but that's what I would have to consider to give them have permission to pursue their dream, be passionate about pursuing their dream, um, be patient. Give it more all the easy to be persistent. I know I want to ask you about the contributions you are proud of that you have given to society. And you know, I mean, you excite you, you excited you share with society. What are the contributions? Um, I hope what I've done. <laughs> I hope what I've done is to open people's minds to be imagining what their frequency resolution judgment disability is. Um, I also hope I've opened people's minds to eradicating what they say their own limitations are. Yes, sometimes they say, oh, you're doing it, you know, it's like, Oh, I wish I could. Well, you can't. You just have to give yourself permission. So, hopefully I can show it in that way and that this normalizing what disability means. Disability, you know, that it's just, it's just a experience. Right. You know, I always say it's a part of who I am. But it doesn't totally define who I am. I'm many things. I'm a daughter. I'm a co-worker. I'm a very proud aunt. I'm a godmother. I'm a, you know, I love these things. 
and just giving it one of my everywhere I generally am proud of. It's like I'm proud to be black and proud to be a woman. Proud to be mature most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Um well, the different definitions of maturity. I don't know if I need them all. <laughs> I can be kind of shy of like, um, but yeah, I help people to rethink a preconceived notion and look at something another way. So that would be wonderful. Right, right. You know, I, I uh, wanted to say is like a, you know, you're like one super you know badass you know lady you know i i i honestly um you know for me i i've been watching i've been watching you and a lot of our members in the community you know how we've been pushing so hard and i've been watching you and i'm like you know especially when uh you did the interview for i believe it was for real abilities uh-huh. I was nervous. I was so nervous, and you were asking the questions, and I was just like, "Oh God, uh, I hope mm. I answer," you know. And you know, it's funny. I was listening to you explain about your disability, and I was—I mean, recently I just realized, I just come to find out that what my the root of my disability is is selective mutism. So, mm. like, even like in that instance when we did the interviews together and I was nervous and I was wondering what the heck is going on inside me, you know, and, you know, to segue on this, you know, my point is that watching you do the interview so authentically, it relaxed me. It got me to relax and calm down, you know, you know, and I want to say thank you. Well, you know, I, Thank you, thank you that, that I, I, I so hear that and, and if I was able to give you that, then um, I'm really glad because you have such powerful things to say and you need to hear them. So if something like this relaxed you so you could share your truth in a different way, then I'm, I'm really grateful that I was humbled and grateful that I was able to do that. Thank you for sharing that with me. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you this last question. Um, what advice can you uh, tell uh, people who are going through um, the process of navigating with their with their disabilities, or even people who don't have disabilities and they're still trying to deal with life itself. How you know what should they be doing? Getting involved in activism, getting involved into enjoying life, finding their authentic and finding something that liberates them. What you know, that, you know that, that, I, I'm really, really careful about thinking generalities, but I think what I would say is find your authentic truth, find something you love, and then make an action plan to do that. Now, that may involve having other sort of income, whatever, but I think the advice I would, I would give is just with your authentic truth. Um, 
accept that the journey will always be easy, but also know along the journey there's going to be days that are hard and you're going to cry and you may have to just take a break and that's okay. But there will also be moments on your journey that will be beyond what you could ever imagine amazing. And that's the beautiful thing about lots of that balance. You know, I've had some heartbreaking things happen in my life. But, you know, my nephew before, my friend asked me to be here and daughter and my daughter the godmother and I got to look at tomorrow more all day. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, there are days that suck and then there's days that get to go to seven like it's tomorrow more all day. <laughs> there, there you go. That's a great balance. You know, I, I, I honestly I wanted to uh, tell you earlier is that I, I when I looked at your work and I um love the fact that you were doing a detective role and you were doing various roles I was like wow this is oh my god this is cool yeah I wonder you know part of that is that each of CEO's disabilities been challenged which is what the detective role was for um uh uh and um what was what was great about that is I've been a part of film challenges that where you get to create, you know, that role was created for me and Cory Reader, um, my dear friend, created that role and um, where I said I would love to be a detective. So I think part of creating opportunities for myself or working with people and collaborating with people um, is, I, you know, I, I just create and show people how I want to be seen. That's just so great about improv that I do. Because I get to create all these roles about, well, you know, I did um, a role in the improv show where I played a nurse. Mm -hmm. For a show heartbeat of it and provide medical drama. I played a nurse. I did a then I did the research room but I did the organization of um nurses with disabilities. Mm -hmm. So I got to write them and connect and represent something. Mm -hmm. So um yeah, that's you know, that's really wonderful when I get those opportunities to play something. Again, it's about re redefining and reimagining what what your perception is. And then, well, here's your perception. Here's another one. Let's try that. Let's think of that one. I know. I, I like the, the the character you 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 uh, play. Uh, I look at your real nose is a uh, where you're on a date. And I, I liked when you're you're uh, you know flirting with the guy, and the guy didn't know how to react or respond, and and you your 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 punchline was like you know what it, it have cerebral palsy like what you know yeah. it, was, it, it was like like a joke like it was like a pun like a joke within yeah. the show, and I was like I love this. Thank this you. Is, is punchy is direct is is flavorful yeah. it, you know. 
That was Brad on Tattered Winter Jack Mint Man again. I've been lucky. One thing I would say about this industry is building relationships. True relationships is really important. A lot of that work we're talking about has come out of the fact that I, I made a conscious effort not to build relationships because what can you get me, but really connecting with really cool people that I really care about, that I really love, that really love and respect me. And out of that, some wonderful work, you know, boxed out with with the detective. That was, I developed the relationship with Corey Redo. He's a director and producer of the Egyptian Film Challenge that was founded by Nitna Vicky. Corey, Corey's a good friend of mine, real friends. We've obligated to work out between for me when we work together. But the most important thing is Corey is my friend. So I've created some wonderful relationships. Um, and out of those relationships, some work has come, which I feel very, very grateful for. Right, right, right. Yeah, I wanted to ask you in regards to, just as you mentioned earlier, that you are a um, uh, a teacher, uh, theater. Is there any is 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 there any information where people can reach out to you if they want to uh, participate in your theater to learn how to learn how to be taught? Well, yeah, um, I anyone can um, go to my website, com Okay. And I have contact information on there. Um, they can follow me on social media. Most of my social media handles are from the heart. DJ that's on Twitter. Now I'm on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be dancing on TikTok, are you No, I draw the line there. Yeah, same here, same uh, here. Yeah, I won't, um, um, so that, um, and that's where you can find my blog, is on my Instagram and TikTok. Um, my website is my name. I work for an organization called Performing at Studio West, so um, that's pastudiowest.com. So um, that's, you know, who I work for as a teacher, so that's a little bit different, but if people want to get and contacted me, they can go to my website, dianaevisabithjordan.com, or follow me on social media. And that would be great. All right, all right. Well, as we come to close, Diana, I want to just say thank you so much for literally taking the time out your day. I know your, your day's been really packed, you know, full. And I really, really appreciate you for even just taking this time with me. Um, it means a whole lot to me. And oh. to be able to share the world, you, and who you are. Oh, well, thank you. I'm always, I, 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 I'm always very humbled and invited me to be on the show. But thank you for inviting me to be on your show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I, you know, honestly, I, I just want the world to get a sense of understanding about how all of us in our community, how we are, how we navigate just being ourselves, having fun, being 
the best I think the self we are, you know, and there's days where we even joke about our own, you know, disabilities in a, in a very loving, humorous way. But it's done with a very like, you know, like a, you know, warm, you know, warmness to everybody. It's relatable, you know. Um, but, you know, segueing on this, and I really wanted to tell you that, you know, what, you, what you've been doing in the world, I, I, I appreciate what you've been doing. Continue to keep driving on. Um, you know, who knows? I might end up being one of your students in there to get, get over this, this stage fright thing. <laughs> But thank you so much, and uh, I really appreciate you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. All right, this is Phenomenal Disabilities with Trilo. Thank you so much, everyone, and good night. <laughs>